Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, Derek Piper reacting to Illinois basketball's 86-70 victory over Nebraska with their star sidelined and really his status up in the air even more so after talking to Brad Underwood who had an all-time performance in his press conference because uh, he was emotional. Uh, he was happy about his full team performance without Desumu sidelined, uh, but he also was very vague about Desumu's injury, which led to a lot of speculation in our minds of what uh, Desumu's injury could be, when his return date could be. We'll talk about that here, uh, but also frustrated with Big Ten officiating, with Big Ten uh, office not being very uh, communicative with him about the uh, fouls on Desumu, Kofi Coburn, all of that. But there's a lot to get into with this one. But let's start with the actual game. Illinois wins 86 to 70, and this was a full team performance. You got to see Kofi Coburn go off for 24 and 7. He's the star Illinois needed him to be against a bad Big Ten team in Nebraska. There's not many of them, but Nebraska is one of them. Uh, but then the two freshmen really shined Andre Curbelo, Adam Miller. Uh, Curbelo flirts with the triple double, uh, just finished two assists shy, and his teammates let him down because he gave a, had a great performance. Adam Miller scores up as a secondary score, 18 points. That's his. Big 10 high. It's the most he's had since his opener. Uh, and then Jacob Grandison, 14.7 rebounds, maybe his best performance of the year. Demonte Williams filled the stat sheet with eight points, seven rebounds, four steals, and two assists. And then Trent Frazier played elite defense against Teddy Allen, who had 41 points in his last game against Penn State, had just five against Illinois. Derek Piper, that's a feel-good program victory for Illinois. Yeah, that's really what you needed when you're missing an All-American guard. I know it's Nebraska, but for this team, uh, and we're going to get into speculating or trying to figure out how much longer I could potentially miss, but going forward uh, to win without him, it's going to take more than one guy being able to step up. So uh, to see your freshman do that, and Adam Miller's been in that position before, whether Mac Irvin Fire or Morgan Park, where I was not there anymore, i got to be able to, to play at a different level, be a little bit more aggressive, and understand my role has changed. And uh, that was evident from the very first possession. He gets that nice pull-up jumper. He gets to the rim and is able to finish. Curbelo, like you said, uh, it does end up with five turnovers, but the positive way out weighs the negative and uh, thought that he was really in great control of the game and, and just the emphasis of going to the glass where I was a guy that can give you eight to ten or, or whatever it may be on a given night. Uh, it was great to see those two. You, you said it right in the press conference that you kind of got a glimpse of the future with those two and, and that was encouraging to see and uh, Kofi dominates inside which like he should particularly take his, takes over in the second half and uh, just supplemental performances with Grandison with DeMonte who has a nice senior night eight points seven rebounds four steals uh, again to, to get the supporting cast and all that to kind of come together when you're missing that big of a star is is encouraging and what's going to need going on the road against Wisconsin assuming I won't be ready. Joey we talked about it during the game is 
this was supposed to be what the team looked like, right? Uh, we thought Iowa was going to go pro, Kofi would come back, and Adam Miller would be a go-to player. Andre Curbelo would run the show. And, and tonight, again, I know it's Nebraska, but it looks like those guys are capable of that. And, and consistency is going to be an issue. Growing pains are going to be an issue. But you saw Miller attack more. You saw the you know, in-between game outside of just shooting threes. He was only two of eight from three tonight. But you saw him get in attack mode and play a different role. And you got to see that he's capable of that role. And then you got to see that Andre Curbelo is going to be the face of the franchise here very shortly. Yeah, maybe the face of the Big Ten. Like, he's a, he's a fun personality. He plays fun. His game is fun. I think, like, like you said, we got to see what Adam Miller is capable of. But I think also Adam Miller got to see what Adam Miller is capable of in the Big Ten when he's able to have the ball in his hands and when he's able to do those things. I'm sure he had that confidence. But to be able to, to maybe branch out a little bit of the role that he's been in for the better part of the season, I think that had to give him a little momentum. And Derek and I were talking about it on the way back from Michigan State. I know you and Mike Latulip talked about it. This was really kind of a carryover for Andre Corbello. I thought his second half was pretty good in East Lansing. Now, the first half wasn't at all. But the second half, and then he didn't really miss a beat. Obviously, he didn't start. They did their senior night deal. But it was clear who... To me, what the starting lineup is going to look like if Io Desumi was not available Saturday, and that's Andre Corbello because he started the second half. But, yeah, it was good to see those guys kind of play into who we thought they were were and who we thought they were going to be until July 31st of 2020 when Io said he was coming back. So that's a big night for them. I thought another thing that was huge, Derek, is for the second straight game, it felt like Kofi uh, was a little bit out of it because – the other team took him out of the game. Michigan State effectively clobbered him uh, and used physicality to kind of get in his head a little bit. And while some of those plays looked dirty and Soko got called for some fouls there, um, it got into his head. It really affected him. You saw it at the free throw line. And tonight it started to be that way. Illinois really struggled to get Coburn the ball in the post early on. Uh, and then they followed him, missed a couple free throws, missed his first two free throws. But then after there was a flagrant foul called on him, he really snapped into it. And Joey and I were noting that you saw Adam Fletcher talking to him, trying to calm him down. Brad Underwood fighting for him with the refs, maybe to take that pressure off. I thought it was negatively impacting Kofi at one point because Kofi was thinking about it. But then Orlando Antigua was talking with him, Underwood was talking to him, and then Kofi just dominated. They awoke the beast. He had 18 second-half points, made all eight of his free throws to end the game, finished 8 of 10 after shooting 3 of 11 last game. And uh, Illinois, I think, had six dunks and I think, Four of them, or three of them at least, uh, were Kofi Coburn because Adam Miller had one, Jacob Grandison had a few. Um, so that was good to see him respond that way and make a team pay for it. Yeah, and you can certainly understand why he's feeling a little bit of frustrations. He gets clubbed over the head by Soko, and it's not a flagrant. And compare that to what he got called for a flagrant in, at Missouri uh, for giving a backhanded little slap to Mitchell Mitchell Smith. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, for it to really click into place there in the, in the second half and him just to dominate and uh, assault the rim, as he's done so many times, and Nebraska not to have a an answer. And for Illinois guards to really be able to penetrate and give him the ball. And Curbelo did that. DeMonte had a nice baseline drive that set him up for two. And uh, – when he's rolling like that, it, it's really, really hard to contain. So uh, good for him to respond. It felt like, yeah, again, it was just he was a little bit more on edge. And uh, there was a moment there where 
not not the one that was the flagrant, but after that, he reacted like for a split second it was Shaq and Brad Miller situation. Like he was ready to go back at you, but uh, and you, you want some of that, but you want him for the most part as he has been all year to be aggressive, but to be um, controlled with his emotions. But yeah, he, he had a little bit of a of an extra edge tonight. Yeah, there there was a moment there. I thought Kofi was going to cock back and unload one, and I was worried about him there for a second. I was more worried uh, about. Uh, the Nebraska players because we've seen Kofi celebratory fist pump what that can do to a referee and thankfully he's all right but uh, we've seen that before uh, Underwood really fought for his guy I know some Illini fans didn't like that they didn't see or hear Underwood fight for his guys at Michigan State I think he was just trying to calm his team down and say hey a loss happens we can bounce back but you really saw him all night Joey there was one media timeout he was begging for a technical foul, and they didn't give it to him. Uh, it was like four of the five minutes he was on those refs, each and every one of them, pleading his case because he's been frustrated with the way uh, you know Kofi's been called all year. And frankly, the Big Ten referees have not been good um, this year. They need to have a better standard and control games. And this game got out of control. Uh, five technical fouls in this game. Underwood finally got his uh, later in the game. But uh, he really did fight for his guys. And even in the post-game press conference, he was making clear, like, you can't call Kofi this way just because he's seven foot, 300 pounds. Yeah, I mean, it felt to me like Brad came into this, however it was going to be officiated, to get that technical. I think he's fr frustrated with what, it, what happened in East Lansing. But I think a lot of it, and, and Brad's kind of touched on this, he wants to win, obviously. And, you know, if Kofi's getting called like that, it makes it harder for Kofi to do what Kofi can do. But he also wants to see his guy not get worked up, not get frustrated, not feel like he, he can't do right or he can't overcome this. And I think that a lot of it is what Brad has talked about. Is he sees Kofi get frustrated and gets to the point, like we had talked about earlier, where he's, you know, he's kind of in the face and, and you know, maybe losing a little con control, I guess. Yeah, and having Fletch come and talk to him in Orlando. And that frustrates Brad because that's stuff that, is really pretty easy to fix and pretty easy to help Kofi not feel like that. And there's no fault to Kofi. It's got to be frustrating being as large as you are. And it's just hard to knock him. I mean, it's if you foul Kofi and it looks like a foul, you may as well just go to the review board because it's going to be a flagrant. I mean, if it, if it gets to that point. So you do feel for Kofi on that end. And I think that's a lot of what Brad wanted to do was just say, I got you. I understand you're frustrated. I'm frustrated, but I'm more frustrated that you are. So let's try to get this fixed here as we've closed this thing out. And Brad talked about he doesn't flop. And maybe if he flopped more, he would get more calls, but that shouldn't be the case, right? So I think he's he's frustrated. I think he was sending a message to not only Kelly Pfeiffer and those Big Ten officials, but also maybe the Big Ten office. Speaking of, he sent another message to the Big Ten office here today. We'll talk a little bit about that, but also – the ambiguity of what he said about Iowa is a lot of speculation. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up next on the Online Enquirer podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we didn't get many answers from Brad Underwood on Io DeSumo, but with the way he talked about him, um, it did leave a little doubt that Iowa would come back during the regular season. Uh, he really didn't say exactly what the injuries were. He did mention there were MRIs, there were tests. Um, he said it's, it sounded more than just a broken nose. Um, so Iowa showed the mask in that video and the masked man when he comes back. And it does sound like he can come back at some point possibly. But Derek, it just left a lot of doubt that, that Iowa would be back um, soon. Uh, it just Brad Underwood made it seem like this isn't a quick turnaround where he'd be back against Wisconsin. Maybe we're wrong, but what did you think of the way Brad presented the Iowa thing in the postgame? It was interesting. It leaves a lot of a lot of questions, uh, a lot to be speculated about. And uh, he mentioned multiple factors. You then, of course, wonder if he's in concussion protocol. Uh, then, then again, if that was the case, if he had a concussion, would he be in the building tonight? And there's just a lot of that you're wondering about um, that really plays into that. And then also, I think you do have to take into account a little bit of gamesmanship and understanding that whether it's Michigan next week, Ohio State next week, I think there is a reason not to necessarily tip your hand there. And uh, we do know or what's been reported and what we've heard as well is, is the broken nose. And uh, how far does it go beyond that? Um, personally, just, just what I've been able to gather, I, ex- I would expect to see him again in the regular season unless something uh, here has changed. And it's going to really depend on how Io feels and, and how he progresses here and uh, if he does need to get cleared by the doctors. But uh, I, I no expectation that we'll see him this weekend uh, against Wisconsin. Chance for Michigan State, but uh, it, it sounds like the intentions for for Io, from what I've been able to gather, are to be back before the end of the regular season. Yeah, and he was here, right? You, you mentioned it. Like if he was in the concussion protocol, maybe he is. But like being here with lights is is interesting, right? And you know, showing up on a video, uh, I think those are encouraging. And you know, he certainly was interacting with his teammates, though he wasn't going nuts uh, on on the sideline there. Joy, what do you think? What, what did you take away from this, or would you see it? I mean, I felt like there were a lot of questions. I, I had probably more questions after talking to Brad, and I understand, like Derek said, you don't want to certainly don't want to advertise if he's going to play or not. and You don't want to put that expectation on him that, hey, we expect him back because he is so important to this, A, this team, and B, kind of everything around this team that you don't want to say he's going to be back on X game or we hope it's X game. And then if something slows down, then there's all of that. So there's so much of a delicate dance. Brad has to kind of walk here with which, how much he lets out and – there's medical. I mean, this is this is uh, private medical information too that maybe he doesn't want to get out there. The family doesn't want out there. So there's that factor as well. So yeah, there's that factor, and, and I think Io being here was a good sign to me. Like, I, I didn't know, and I didn't see him for a while in warmups, and then he comes out for his moment, and you know, as they went through senior night and and Io night for for really a lack of better terms there before the game, 
And he, he was up and, and clapping in, as the tunnel, you know, for the starters. So there were some encouraging signs, but you just, I, I really didn't walk out of there with more answers other than I, it feels like Brad is frustrated by the fact that he is in this position and a lot of other positions that this basketball team has kind of been backed into and worked into. Yeah, and uh, he did mention Tom Izzo had a conversation with him. Uh, Michigan State had a conversation, so we assume that's Tom Izzo. Uh, he did not go into details about that. I, I don't know. You know, people might speculate. Did he not like what Tom said? I just think he's keeping that private. Um, but he said he hasn't heard from the Big Ten. Um, Derek, are you shocked? We haven't heard of a Matt, Maddie Sissoko. Um, suspension, even though they were pretty quick on the Alan Griffin. And Alan Griffin deserved it. I mean, I think that was actually probably, this might be a hot take to Illini fans, I thought that was a dirtier play, you know, stepping on somebody on the ground. Sissoko was playing basketball, but it was obviously a flagrant two. And most flagrant twos get a suspension as well. And Sissoko played tonight, uh, is playing tonight against Ohio State. Are, are you surprised? I don't know if I'd say surprised, especially with any lack of timeliness or, or any kind of time sensitivity with the Big Ten and, and decision-making. But like you said, with, with Allen's play, intent was so easy to judge. And, and you could tell that uh, it was an intentional move by Allen. It was a dirty play, and, and it, it seemed fairly automatic. I guess you're, of course, then judging is a, an ejection enough of a punishment. I, I think that that is still going to be a question with Sissoko, which – I don't know, and there are a lot of different opinions out there. Was he purposely headhunting? Me personally, I don't necessarily think so. I think he just wanted to make a hard foul and didn't maybe care where the arms ended up, and they ended up on Iowa's face, and he got ejected, and he should have. Yeah, and I, I think just to interject here, I think the result is why people want him suspended, right? If Iowa didn't have games missed, if he didn't have broken nose – no Illini fan, I think, would be calling for that. But the result does. Should it? I, I don't know. Like, I don't have the answer of what that should be. But it, the result, obviously, is impacting how people think about that. And should it? Illini fans probably say, yes, he should be suspended because he broke one of the best players' faces or whatever. Um, but I, I think we should all question, should that be the case? I get that. And I, you can certainly make an argument as to that. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I would be wrong a lot if I tried to predict what the Big Ten was, was going to do and, and try to make a move on. Uh, so I guess we'll just sit back and, and wait and see. I know that fans – not that – I mean, this is a guy that's averaging a point a game. So whether he's out or not, it, it's more about the satisfaction, the suspension. I was kind of going to try to look at it from a, a Michigan State point of view. They're playing Ohio State tonight. I think Illinois, while they're a lot of out there, biggest Buc Buckeyes fans in the in the country, you actually want that that team to lose because you want that two seed and, and everything like that. But I, I understand it. Well, well Joey, um, Brad did mention he's leaving this to Josh uh, Whitman uh, to communicate with the Big Ten. And you can tell Brad has not had good I guess, interactions with the Alan Griffin thing and now with the Sissoko thing. Uh, he's not happy. And I got to tell you, you know, I've covered this conference for more than a decade. I just didn't hear stuff like that. Like the Big Ten was always on the same page with Jim Delaney with messaging and they all seemed together. And Jim had those relationships and it feels like there was a line of communication. Kevin Warren came in the league at a very difficult time. But the lack of communication and the way football was handled and the way the suspension thing is handled – it's just that's not a good look, and it's rare to have a coach. He didn't say Kevin Warren by name, but that's Kevin Warren's office, and Brad Underwood was obviously showing frustration. Here's a, I mean, Kevin Warren did come in at a really tough time in college athletics history, 
But there's a feeling out process with anybody new in any field, and you knew what you were going to get with Jim Delaney, and you, and you there had been enough body of work where you kind of could see how the dominoes were going to fall, and you know, it's not Kevin Warren's fault that he's only done this for two years, but you can't get a feel for what he does because there's not a lot of consistency, it feels like, coming out of that office or coming or even communication coming out of that office. So you're trying to When's learn. the last time we've heard from him? I mean, when's the last time we heard from him? And that's the difference of Jim Phillips has those relationships, and that's why he made so much sense. And Kevin Warren's an impressive individual with an impressive resume, but, like, you can tell he's new here, like, and, and there's just not much trust in him yet. No, and, and that's the thing. You can't build the idea or the impression of how things are going to go if you're not hearing much or, or you're not hearing things on a you know consistent basis. And maybe that's where some of this frustration comes from because you just don't really know. And we really even are able to make an educated guess as to what could be coming because there's just not been that over the course of this. And and I think I think there's a lot more than than just the I.O. injury. Brad is frustrated about he's he sounded very frustrated to me about the schedule. It was probably three or four times he said we're playing again in 30 hours. I mean he made it a very big point to hammer that home and and he sounded quite frustrated by that. And, and given the fact that Wisconsin hasn't played in, I think he said a week I'd have to go back and just six days, six days. Yeah, and you can feel like now it's like okay we're trying to win a Big Ten championship here. We're trying to get a one seed. We don't have much clarity on what's you know going to happen because our guard is hurt now. We, you know, we're backed into this situation. You know, COVID has hit everybody in, in terms of just making life adjustments that hasn't hit the Illinois program, Brad said, since August. But they've been impacted by it. And that's not their fault. And I think now he's starting to, to feel a little bit of, we've got this really hard schedule and we're trying to win this. And it's not our fault that we're in this position. And you hate, I, I hate personally to point fingers because COVID is just such a randomizer of a lot of things, but we're all we're all saying, hey, we gotta play these games. Michigan has to make up these games when Michigan's probably handling this the best way for its players, right? Like think of what Nebraska's been doing. How many games have they had over the last eight I think it's ten games in eighteen days. And I think Brad's playing from the point that's not the best thing for these kids probably, what we're putting them through. No, it's not. And it's not the best thing for a competitive balance. It's not the best product that you can possibly put on the court, which I'm sure maybe isn't exactly his concern, but if you're watching it, that's a factor here. So there's just, it feels like this was that press conference was just kind of the bubbling of all of these emotions that Brad Underwood has felt for really the better part of the season. COVID is a very heavy factor on college athletics. He's been frustrated with Kofi's officiating. Now he has his best player. We're all kind of wondering what's going to happen. The games are coming fast and furious. Those aren't going away. And I think all of that just kind of came out there in the press conference. It was well said. That was well said. But, yeah, at the end of it, Illinois 17-6, and six, the number five team in the country, and 13-4 and four in the Big Ten, which is, I think, I mean, maybe have one more win in the Big Ten if you're, like, the eternal optimist and, you know, maybe beating Missouri in the, in the non-conference. But here they are, Derek, with three games left to play. We don't know when Iowa's coming back three games on the road against ranked opponents. Let's start with Wisconsin. I think if you see the type of team we saw tonight, I don't know if they win, but that, that team's got a chance against Wisconsin because you still have the advantage with Kofi 
uh, we saw, we've seen Wisconsin big men, and I've been a fan of Reavers and uh, Potter, but they haven't been very tough and physical this year. Uh, and then you have Curbelo and that can create, right? So you got some kind of an athletic advantage on the, on the perimeter, but uh, it's going to be very difficult, obviously, without Io DeSumo, who's been unbelievable the last two games about Wisconsin. So if Io can't go, which I think we would probably speculate is probably not going to happen, what do you think of that matchup? I agree with you. I do think it is a game that this team is capable of winning. It's going to look a lot more difficult than it was tonight, particularly offensively. I think that Wisconsin does a good job of slowing you down. Uh, I mean, the, the one thing that Illinois has shown is if you can turn them over, you can get out and run. But uh, it's still going to come down to Curbelo making a lot of the right decisions in the ball screens because Io not only kills Wisconsin, but really is the, the catalyst in getting Kofi the ball and setting him up with those looks on the lobs and the pick and roll and everything. And Wisconsin's just going to be a lot more sound with their half-court defense of cutting off angles and making you make quicker decisions. And uh, that's going to be on Curbelo to make plays and, and a guy like Adam Miller to be able to go to the rim and uh, finish against size like Potter and, and, and Reavers. And, uh, but yeah, like you said, the fact that those two big guys that I just mentioned have not handled Kofi well at all. Uh, and Wisconsin just as a team can be pretty underwhelming offensively. I don't think that this is a Wisconsin team that's going to be able to run away from you, even if Illinois does have some stretches where it's tough to score. Yeah, I, I think Illinois would probably be underdogs, um, you know, even though they're the number five team in the country, but without Iowa Jusumu. Uh But, Joey, I think one more win, given what's happening on that two line with Iowa losing tonight, not that it was a bad loss for Iowa, Oklahoma losing, uh, and one more Alabama losing as well. You get one more win. If you can do it Saturday, I think you feel really good going into the postseason that you're going to stay on that two line. Um, and, and if you can win Saturday and then get Iowa back at some point for one of those games and, and steal one from Ohio State or Michigan, you could be in the conversation again for a number one seed. So there's still a lot on the table. And that's why it was important to win tonight, get some confidence. You don't have a bad loss. You're not going to have a bad loss the rest of the year. Um, you know, it's weird without Io, but there's still everything in front of you whenever he gets back. Yeah, you're right. I and mean, they could get to that two line. I think what another thing, and again, we don't know the timetable for Io, but I believe a win on Saturday gets them a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. And we could be looking here in a week and a half and say, okay, that's more time for Io to, to get things going. So that could also be important if we don't see him again until the tournament. And again, we don't know. And that's, again, maybe small apples compared to getting that number two seed, but that's on the table in time. As we're sitting here looking at a very compressed life and schedule as college basketball, time is really, really important. So any time he can get, and a double bye is just, after this stretch of basketball, that would also be an important thing for them. But yeah, two seed, get that. And if you can climb to a one seed, if the chips fall your way, that's really, really good news. Uh, I thought it was a really emotional night, um, even though there, and I don't want to get into it, there, there weren't fans here for senior night. And, and Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams deserved that. Zach Griffith, Bobby Geekis, their manager uh, as well. But also Isle, um, they honored him. Not a surprise. He's not coming back. Right? Like, he has earned that. Um, but he got down and kissed the floor. Derek, you took a great snapshot of that. And uh, that, that was an emotional moment. And I'm sad that fans couldn't be here. And it's just sad that fans couldn't be here. Illinois goes 11-2 and two, uh, during this, this home play. And I don't think we'll be together for a game again because I just don't think all three of us are going to be able to go to an NCAA tournament. But, Derek, this was uh, a year that was fantastic here at State Farm Center. A couple bad losses, uh, not that 
that Ohio State's a bad loss, but a couple losses in the middle of it. But uh, Illinois did pretty well on their home court. But it's so weird uh, that there weren't fans here, and it's such a shame, given what's going on in the world, that they weren't able to. We understand why but that they weren't able to be here for this season and that these guys weren't able to get the, the send-off. But uh, as we've talked about before, the next time I would assume he was on this court um, or whenever fans are back here, his jersey should be in the rafters and, and they should be having that ceremony whenever he can come back because he's going to be a consensus first or second team All-American, likely first team, um, and, and what a career he ha he's had, but also Trent and DeMonte. And it's just a shame that they didn't get the send-off with 15,000 fans here tonight. Yeah, it really is. And how many times we've been in this building here the last three months or whatever it may be. And, and it, you still don't necessarily get used to the fact, especially when you think about the big the big moments in the season, the Iowa game here. And it, it really sticks out that the fans aren't aren't in the building. And, and a night like tonight when uh, just knowing what senior night is, is, is usually entails and uh, can you imagine. And it's not just Iowa, like the appreciation that Trent and DeMonte would have gotten from this fan base, you know, sticking it out through the tough times and what, you know, how much they've meant to getting this this place back. But uh, this would have been a sold-out building and everyone chanting aye, like what that moment would have been like. And for their families to be here too, uh, I think that that is something that's really sad. And it was a nice touch to, to have the tribute videos beforehand. Uh, but it, it just still feels weird that that, it, that, that didn't uh, get to happen. So... Uh, we'll see with decisions like Trent and like DeMonte. Uh, it's seeming more and more maybe Trent is. That's it. Maybe it is for De for DeMonte too. Brad talked about sending him out and all that, and there hasn't been a whole lot of, well, they could come back, at least coming out of the Illinois uh, side of things publicly. And, and, yeah, I was gone, and he should be gone. And all of this was house money. You know, this whole entire coming back season, it, it wouldn't have been there without COVID and without a canceled NCAA tournament. So, uh, it's it's went really well for him. It's went really well for Illinois as a team and for the fans, and uh, it, it really sets up what we have left to cover too. Look, and I will say, Io had a moment that I thought was very fitting, and I'm not trying to say that that replaces this because he deserved this moment, and so did Trent DeMonte. But you guys were at that Iowa game last year, and that absolutely felt like a goodbye. That was a goodbye until COVID changed everything, and. Like, if there's any solace, I'm like, okay, well, he got that. And it's not the same, and he deserved a lot more. But like Derek said, the families, that really, watching the videos, that's when I think the whole kind of puzzle got complete in my mind. And you're watching the, these parents who have sent their kids away, in the case of Trent Frazier, across the country for four years, and the most that they can do on this moment is look into a computer screen and say, hey, we miss you. And that, that's tough. Like, that sucks. There's no better way. That's, that's really hard to do. And then you pile on top that they haven't seen each other since June or July or whenever it was. It's like, man, this is really these, – these athletes went through an awful lot to make this happen and continuing to make this happen. And then when you kind of see that, you're like, wow, this is not normal. And it hasn't been normal. We're not foolish. We can look around and see that. But all of that was just like, whoa, this is, this is really, really tough. Yeah, the sacrifices they've had to make um, is, I don't know if we can ever understand it because it's every day. Every day at 5 a.m., they're, they're getting tested and they're going through this so that they can play this season. And they got to be responsible for their teammates, right? And in a 13-man team where you, Brad talked about in the offseason, like you miss one guy for, for 21 days, um, they haven't had that yet. Knock on wood, as Brad Underwood said, like they haven't had that yet. So 
they have done the job and, and done it really well. And I, I don't think we can understand how tough that actually is. All right, boys, that wraps it up uh, for a home season here uh, for Illinois basketball. Next three road trips to really tough opponents, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio State. And then it's postseason time. But I think this is the last last time we'll be together during the season. Any 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 thoughts here, dear Piper? You make me sad. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, man. It's gone fast, but it, it's been a whirlwind. But cannot wait. I mean, none of us have colored an NCAA tournament before. I don't think I haven't. At least have you, Jeremy? I haven't been to one. Um, I covered a tournament team in 2009, but the Daily Line I we didn't have the budget for it, and for the radio I'd never made those trips, right? Like we had two trips, and I never made those trips, so that would be my first. I don't know if I'll get to it this year, but I, I do think we'll get to many over the next couple of years. Joey, any thoughts? Yeah, it's just weird. It's been a weird year, and hopefully we get something. I mean, Zoom's helped us a lot. It's going to help us, but it's easier to be sitting in a triangle here, masked up or, or whatnot, but we we'll get a couple NCAA tournament trips, but it's been a like I think you should kind of step back and look around right now and appreciate just how strange this is. And maybe it's just hit me now. Maybe I've been oblivious for four months. Well, on the attendance sheet it says 192. We got to be three of them here. Um, so I, I I know we are lucky to do this, and we hope to bring you as much color from these games and, and be eyes here on the floor uh, when you can't be here. You get to see it on the TV, and hopefully you're, you're getting all the uh, as much as you can from that. But uh, we've been lucky to be able to cover this, and, and hopefully we've given you the coverage uh, of your team that you want. So that'll do it. Uh, Illini wins 86-70, to 70, only one loss over their last nine Big Ten games. Been quite a streak here for Illinois. We'll see when Iodasumu comes back. We'll see what Illinois can do at Wisconsin without him, most likely. And uh, we'll see what they can do with two top five teams next week as well. Thanks for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Subscribe to us. Rate us, review us. We've got plenty of content. Joey writing about Io. Derek writing about the freshmen stepping up. I'll have more on Kofi as well, plus our player grades. Check it all out at IlliniEnquirer.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.